Every day I'm hustling, 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 every day I'm every day I'm every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Hustle Points NBA show. I am your self-righteous millennial with a microphone, Rudy St. Clair. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at NBA underscore Rudy, where you can tell me I clearly don't know basketball. And also be sure to check out the link in the description to share your opinions on basketball in the Bucket Discord server. Today we are jumping into part two of the interview with the NBA Storyteller. So if you haven't listened to part one, be sure to go ahead and do that, although you don't need to in order to enjoy this edition. Uh, Both of these are a little bit longer than the normal 30 to 40 minute episodes that we like to do here on the Hustle Points podcast. But good news if you're a fan of the show, we are doing new shows every Sunday, maybe early Monday morning if you're on the East Coast. So be sure to tune in every Sunday for great NBA content here on the YouTube channel as well as the podcast network of your choice. So without any further ado, please enjoy part two of the interview with the NBA Storyteller. Like, and I saw it on your thing, like with the thumbnails. I am, I, I have a, a love, hate, hate, hate relationship with thumbnails. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how I land on a good one. And then I feel like I, I pick up on a theme that I like only to abandon it later because I don't think it fits anymore. And I constantly find thumbnails that I like from other channels, other videos that work. And I'm say, I say, you know, I just have to copy this, do something like this. And then when I'm actually doing it, I don't. I don't copy it. I just do something else. And two days later, I change it. It is the, it's so frustrating that somebody that you're expected to do all these different things, that you have to be, you know, a uh, cover, you have to do cover art for your content <laughs> and to have that be maybe the most important thing for your entire video. And then you, you, you step back from your channel and you look at the a video page, you want it to feel like it's cohesive. You want it to feel like it's a thing. And when it looks like it's a complete pile of garbage or just random, it upsets me, right? Because I just, I feel like I don't know what, what I'm trying to get across if it's completely random. It doesn't look, like, once again, it doesn't look like a thing, like a a full-blown thing. And that's what I want. It's got to be a thing. Yeah. Like, people, people typically click YouTube videos with, like, a slight sense of purpose. It's like, oh, I'm getting into this thing. <laughs> Not just like, oh, this guy made a thing that's entertaining. Like, I like the power users of YouTube, if you will. Like, can put their trust in creators and click on videos regardless of titles and thumbnails. But uh, the overwhelming majority, I think, are just like, oh, look at this. This looks interesting. And then, like, after maybe 10 seconds, they're like, all right, I'm giving this a chance. It has my attention now. <laughs> exactly. And, and it's funny because I'm still, I do it. Like, that's exactly how I click on things, but I don't know how i don't i can't turn it to my advantage i I know the feeling that it creates i know the feeling a good thumbnail creates then i don't know how to do it necessarily i feel like i've stumbled on it a couple times but it's just random and it's so frustrating i just want to lie i just want to farm it out but then as soon as somebody starts making thumbnails for me i would probably hate them i would hate them (laughs) yeah yeah i feel like the the culture on on youtube definitely kind of promotes um not not clickbait because I feel like that sort of triggers people into believing that they're being deceived. Right. Like you you click in for one thing and then it's actually another. But like I heard Casey Neistat one time address clickbaity thumbnails and titles as intrigue but don't mislead. <laughs> it's like okay, that's catchy. <laughs> I can Listen, I can remember that. <laughs> I've thought of I've I've tried to rationalize putting a, a huge set of tits right on the front for some reason. I don't know how to. <laughs> But I or I I I've rash I've thought about this like just I've thought about doing the worst things or clickbaity things for thumbnails because I feel like just click on it trust me you'll like it you know you'll get you won't hate me for too long but I I I I can't I don't know how to cross the line I don't even know how to make a clickbaity thumbnail and title other than just 
it's boobs. I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, boobs have worked since two thousand five. <laughs> boobs have worked since zero. Since <laughs> true. Right before I started the podcast, I wrote out all these scripts for YouTube videos on basketball, um, and I created thumbnails for about half of them, and I spent you know a couple hours just doodling on my iPad with it and this like Photoshop like app you know putting big faces on there because i know that people's eyes are drawn to faces really easily and like that appears to be a thing that's like in the zeitgeist of youtube thumbnails right now (laughs) faces so i had a lot of emphasis on that and like color grading it to where it looks interesting and big fat red arrows that aren't like your traditional big fat red arrows you know also not your nba storyteller red arrow (laughs) i gotta claim that i gotta where'd i go i gotta claim that thing again it's just get while. it tattooed on your neck. That's a good <laughs> <laughs> it's a big red arrow. <laughs> but just in terms of the whole kind of tone of this conversation, like I mean, we were talking about Steph Curry's legacy and stuff earlier. Like I feel like that is probably the most boring out of any of this is actually talking about basketball, <laughs> actual basketball, <laughs> like on court, on court discussion. Yeah. Getting, getting even further away from basketball. Uh, what non-basketball YouTubers do you enjoy the most? I know I have quite a few. You know, ball ball isn't all of life, but uh, I've subscribed <laughs> to a few hundred people on YouTube. Who do you? I watch to? probably too much film, video, film essay type stuff. I mean, I feel like there's like this standards. Like I'm, I'm, I got, I have YouTube open right now. The Cosmonaut Variety Hour posted something recently. Uh, High Top Films. You know High Top Films? They're fairly new. Um, They do film review and commentary. uh, Which is also interesting. High Top Films, they're new, but they just, I think, broke 100,000 subscribers. Um, They were only about 10,000 subscribers ahead of me. And and this is my advice to anybody out there who is uh, trying to make videos or trying to get the following get the following up what i say is you find another youtuber in a completely different category who has a similar subscriber count as you and start a beef with them that's what you should do <laughs> beefs drive traffic beef but but cross topic cross category beef for you know you got like a basketball channel beefing with a uh, a cooking channel, you know, something like that. But that I think that could be interesting. But also, you use them as like a competitive benchmark, even if you don't even uh, ever mention it. You you and you see what they're doing and how they're approaching each one of their milestones. Um, honestly, I I I I don't necessarily take ideas, but I am inspired a lot by completely different categories. Um, there's obviously the commentary community which i feel like i'm maxing out on you know uh people who just crap on um you know bad instagram channels or whatever instagram channels i'm I'm not even gonna lie one of my favorite things to watch on youtube is people just telling me that bad things are bad yeah (laughs) to confirm my own beliefs yep there you go yeah yeah uh there's this one guy mr Gigi. i just started watching he did a whole series on uh um uh, to catch a predator, <laughs> he did a whole thing on that, and it just drew me in. But then he also just does general commentary on whatever the topic is. But I like his channel a lot because he's very rational, and he doesn't get he his high horse isn't that high, mm-hmm. and is in and I appreciate that because things bad things are bad, but they're not always as bad as these guys make them out to be there's there's this there's this and i feel like it's going to backfire on the commentary community because there's there's such hyperbole when they're criticizing other people other channels or their approach and i'm thinking it's this cycle you need these horrible channels to survive but then there's there's so much self-awareness that's not acknowledged i feel like that's what i that's 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 my commentary and when people can acknowledge themselves in the in this you know weird cycle 
I appreciate it a little more. You can kind of step back and say, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm living off of these people making bad content. And they probably, they know they're making bad content. But, you know, hey, let's have some fun doing it. Yeah. That's definitely, like, the most pleasant approach, I think. That's, like, easily universally loved, like, from, from anyone out of any perspective. Like, you don't have to be, like, a, an internet nerd to enjoy someone being like, hey, look at this silly dumb stuff. It's silly and dumb. Let's make a little fun out of it. Right. Yeah. Rather than, like, look at this evil, sinister, bad, unentertaining, bad thing. <laughs> Like that's, that's a little bit less enjoyable. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, there's another guy I watch. I was just thinking about. The Company Man. He's oh, a good... Right? Not... Yeah, I've seen you interact with uh, with Justin Hunt a lot on Twitter. Yeah, he's... Uh, just in terms of storytelling, you watch... I don't know. He doesn't post a lot these days because I think he got some other job. But um, he, I always appreciated his work because he never had the answer. And that was his catchphrase at the end. He says, and I don't have the answer to those questions. Um, and he's not telling you what to think, but he's asking all the available questions. And it feels like he's coming to conclusions, but he will kind of draws you to the conclusions in a, in a very uh, organic way. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. It doesn't beat you over the head with it, but he does take you exactly where he wants to take you. Um, and I've always appreciated that and i tried I, I tried to emulate that early on you know i flat out tried to copy a couple people when i first started to see what worked and kind of find my voice and uh i appreciate what he did what he's done so i don't i don't know if he's still doing it these days but i i like his work i saw this guy the other day he's called renegade cut film film and culture and analysis one of those kind of channels was watching that guy. I'm just looking through my most recent videos here. What I've watched. I mean, I, I really wish I could say I've, I've, you know, I found some gems that nobody knows about yet. But I'm pretty. I'm a pretty generic YouTube watcher. Like, there's nobody super unique. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I do want to watch a little bit of everything. Like, I, I don't stick with one type of content or one subject matter. For too long, I want to have a, a broad view of uh, what's going on. Um, I mean, like I, I still watch like Philip DeFranco that show, mm-hmm. even though like I just I feel like I hate him, but <laughs> I still watch I, it. See, I feel like I should hate him, but I don't know why yet. And I still <laughs> watch it like, every time. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like uh, it's uh, like I I appreciate what he's done with his community and stuff. Yeah. But it's like at the same time, there's so many people online who have such a distaste for him. I'm like, okay, I gotta, I might have to read into this more someday. But for now, I just want the news. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I know people think that he base. <laughs> this is a grossly oversimplifying it, but I know that some people think that he like outright schemes his like most loyal viewers into giving him way too much money on Patreon. Right. But it's like. At the, it's like he promises like up to production quality and things like that and then he still keeps this like staring into a webcam angle but i think like that's all by design and like he's the the money that people give him on patreon goes goes towards like paying his researchers salaries and and things like that and it's like less evident on camera but like if you watch the slow growth over time it, it seems clear that it's a uh, he's progressed a lot as a little little founder of a little news organization that has a lot of impact you know still don't know why i should hate him though (laughs) you'll figure it out you'll come to it i can't describe it but i know i do hate him but i watch him every day you know i'm not even i'm not subscribed to his channel but i watch it every day (laughs) uh yeah but but it's it's very i I, the fact that you appreciate that and you know and a lot of people don't you know he's just staring at the camera but just in order to get that much content and information out every single day that is a that is a feat that is a, a monumental task and now he's you know doing two shows a day and morning shows and all this stuff you know yeah, it's I, a I'll, it's a whole corporation the, the ncaa story was like a noticeable step up in quality from the the previous morning shows that was a a really good one that I, I didn't see that i should you, should definitely watch it. It surprised me with its quality. All right, thank you. Who do you watch? Anybody that you can uh, 
turn me on to? Anybody? Um, I know. I think I'm pretty sure you know about Wavy Websurf. He's one. Of ah, the yeah. I enjoy the most. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was fun. I saw you, saw your name on there. <laughs> Make, yeah. Sometimes it just feels like such a small world. It's yeah, crazy. honestly, it really does. It's like, is everyone on the same internet as me? <laughs> I think they are. Maybe they're not. Um, Brett Conti is a, is another really good dude who talks a lot about like kind of being transparent about how like travel vloggers make their money and stuff like that. Just uh, being like a New York vlogger type of guy. Uh, Sarah Dietschy is another one I enjoy a whole bunch who's uh, started off as like a consumer technology type of person but now has moved more into like the content business personality. Well, she has her own events in New York I think a couple times a year where it's just a big collaboration of all the creative people in New York coming together to just talk about being creative and uh-huh. you know I, I really uh, aspire to get to that sort of point where you're like curating a certain creative community. That That would be a a lovely spot to find myself in someday. Right. Um, Absolutely. So, so yeah, just stuff like that, you know, just stuff about stuff. <laughs> like I, I like a usually just like meta analysis type of things. Of course, I like like the film channels and stuff too. Like a 24 frame of Nick, 24 frames of Nick is a really silly film channel that I enjoy a lot. Oh, I don't uh, know where like, that one. He has a whole 20 minute video about why high school musical two is the best one. <laughs> Listen, I watched I watched a whole like forty minute video about why Shark Tale was a, a horrible movie, right? <laughs> right. It was, and I'm like, I just like I don't even think I saw Shark Tale, and it is a horrible movie. But then why did? But it's just I, I appreciate good analysis of things. So right. it's kind of it's weird. I I, I think I. I think I was better off for watching it. I'm not really sure. I just went to 24 Frames of Nick, his channel there. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, but you, you probably have, I feel I feel like I uh if I was going to um show off, I would be I'd be much more confident um bragging about my list of podcasts that I listen to than my YouTube channels. I'm more embarrassed about my YouTube channels I watch, but I feel very <laughs> proud of the of the of how I um, curated my my podcast uh, lineup. Do you? I, I got a you feeling. Listen... Of, uh, yeah, I listen to nonstop NBA podcasts. <laughs> oh, okay. A little bit less now that I that I make my own. Just a little bit less. You know, try not to borrow opinions. Right. Um, but I, I feel like you would listen to uh, like the Gary Vanderchucks and like the 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 Tim Ferrisses, the dudes who like provide like very practical insights about trying to work hard like the the hustle porn people which is a, a term that got thrown around recently hustle porn <laughs> interest no i'm not that's new to me man hustle porn <laughs> <laughs> yeah you should you should google hustle porn explain, be <laughs> before i do please explain to me what is hustle porn so casey neistat i'm sure you're familiar with casey right? yes yes yeah so i would say he's not exactly like the father of hustle porn but i think he was sort of he created that wave like he splashed into the youtube community and just created this wave of hustle porn and also of people trying to rip him off uh, right. stylistically but beyond that just hustle porn is basically just people professing how much hard work matters uh, but yeah at the same time it's like you can't just try to universalize a work ethic, right? It's like, for me personally, I think it's something you kind of have to uncover on your own within yourself. You can't just write down 40 rules for being a productive person and follow them to a T and instantly you will be successful. It's like hustle porn, sort of the criticism where hustle porn originates from sort of puts forth this idea that while yes, working hard does pay off eventually at least a little bit you can't just outsource your ideology as far as how to work hard to gary vandertruck <laughs> right yeah okay i love this term because I, I know exactly what it is i know god that it's is hustle porn <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you go and look at it for a little bit you feel real good for a little bit and then after you step back into reality you're like ah oh, man i feel kind of slimy <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
command. It's like it's like a way to break a sweat in a chair. Like yeah. Uh Sarah Dici, who I who I just mentioned, actually um knows Gary V and uh, had him on her first episode of his podcast. And um after the fact, after hustle porn had been invented, she followed back up with him and was like, Hey, what do you think about this? And she just released a very raw YouTube video of just Gary V talking about his thoughts on the term. Ooh, uh, I'll uh, I'll link it to you. I'll link Do it, it. Yeah, you know what's also interesting about that term is that the power of phrase, phrases and nicknames. Once you can categorize something, once you can put a name on something, it's either a way to you know elevate it or stamp it out, you know, or you know um, praise it or demonize it. Um, it's like that. It's like that. Uh, that Ayn Randian concept of concept creation. You yes. know, if, if you're a, I'm I'm not an Ayn Rand type of I person. I'm neither, but, but I'm aware of it. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, that that's one thing where it's like, oh, that makes sense. Creating concepts is a human thing. Oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm not sure about the you can be a dick all the time thing, but uh, <laughs> not not quite convinced on that. Uh. So, but it, it's. Once you can, once cause there's, there's so many names and category categories, you know, that it's almost the sport now, and I not I can't I'm do my best not to generalize, but it is a sport just I, identifying people, identifying things, you know, whatever the thing is or the person is or the the trend is, it's once you identify it. I feel like people are very even quick to move on from it or dismiss it. Um, I mean, what it is, you know, whether it's, you know, what it, I saw a video about exposing you know, white knights, right? Mm-hmm. Or something like that. And it, the, the phrase is just such a catch-all or whether it's a social justice warrior or whatever these phrases are, like they just, they've become catch-alls for such complex things that it's also becoming a way to not think about them or not to not um, differentiate, you know, these terms that we have now hustle porn. Like I can, I can, there's now that I know that term, like I can lump a whole bunch of people into that, into that terminology and just dismiss them now because that's what they are. Uh, It's like a power. Once you have the name to just put it in a box. It's like, it, it like can serve the same function as hashtag uh, exactly. YCDKB. Exactly. Yes, 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 absolutely. I'm trying to tap into that. I need to tap into that. That's that's it. It's the Iceman. Got to give it a name. It'll live forever. Where's um? I guess kind of getting back to the questions. Where does um every everything evergreen come from? Is it is, is that your own phrase that you invented trying to brainstorm uh? catchphrases or slogans because i know you have quite a few or is it a is there a story behind everything evergreen when i worked for a the weather it was actually in uh, nbc many years ago not many years ago they tried to make a, a television station to rival the weather channel and they tried to force all the affiliates across the country to um adopt or use this particular network as their weather resource Anyway, here's this is the this is the history of a lot of things here. Um, when you start a television network in the United States, you are required to have three hours of uh, educational, children's friendly content a week, regardless of your what type of network you are. If it's across the broadcast airwaves and it's not a cable then you have to have three hours of educational, informational, EI, yeah, uh, content. So I was working there, right? And uh, I found that was a great, op- I, it was such a great opportunity for me because it was a, a small group of people. And when they figured out that they were being held under that standard, they didn't know where they were going to get their three hours of content a week <laughs> to run <laughs> on their station. Uh and I said, let me do it. So I figured, and it had to be obviously weather related. So I produced a series of shows, one being 
a show called Out of This World Weather, which is where we uh, discovered the weather on other planets. Also, this was in New York. I was living in New York back then. Uh, I would go down to the Bronx Zoo, and I would talk about uh, extreme weather-conditioned animals and all that stuff. But the point is that the uh, they we were only going to create a certain amount of content, and then they were just going to rerun it like every other week. So in order to, to do that, in order to just be able to rerun it, it couldn't be dated. It had to be timeless. And the phrase they used was evergreen. The, the, the content had to be evergreen. So it was drilled into my head that make sure that it's evergreen, that it could live for live forever, that we could just put it in at any point in time and it wouldn't lose its relevancy. And I always thought that was just so interesting uh, I mean, it's very basic and, you know, nothing really special about it, but the word evergreen just it immediately puts an image in your brain of something pleasant, something that just is expansive and green and alive, um, but it never dies, right? It's never going to brown. It's just always green. So when I started my channel, I knew... I wanted to implement that idea that you could be able to click on any video anytime 50 years from now and it still be relevant and still be worth your time in that particular moment and you can learn something or know something or experience something and not look at it the whole time thinking about how old this is or dated or irrelevant it is. So the term uh, evergreen I knew evergreen, but stuck the word everything in front of it because it's just the alliteration, and it just sounded good, and I've stuck with it. But now it's my theme. It's like my my mantra, right? Right? Mantra? Saying? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Say so it to that's where it, enough yeah. times until it becomes true. <laughs> but this one, I actually have to. There actually has to be some follow through with it, right? I can't just do uh, you know the 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 the, the, uh, dr the draft busts from you know who I predict predict are going to suck next year. And just call it evergreen. I do have an outlet for that, though. I'm not sure if you've run across the... Uh... Have you seen my line of videos that are about uh, current topics? Have you run across those ones? Was it... it... I feel like I, there was like a grab bag video of current topics or something similar. I might be conflating a couple videos in my mind, but big maybe. It, there's, a, <laughs> there's kind of this character that goes by the name of uh, Scotty Chicken. And, uh, <laughs> and he talks about Kyrie Irving a lot, but, uh, he told, he covered the Blake Griffin trade and the Kyrie Irving trade. And there's a couple gotcha. videos on the channel. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> and gotcha. that, and I, I, gosh, I want to bring those, I, I gotta bring that, I gotta bring that guy back. <laughs> Yeah, you got but, you gotta bring him and the and the NBA conspiracy theorist, whatever his real name is. Oh, <laughs> you gotta yeah. bring him back too. The NBA truther. He was the NBA That's truther. It. NBA truther. <laughs> but I, I love how when you uploaded the first NBA truther video, you numbered it like six thousand eight hundred and forty-two <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> like this is just one of many. <laughs> it's been going on. You didn't even know about it. That was. But yeah, if you haven't run across a chicken video. You that I feel like you would re you like the sports commercial, you like the sports commercial. You're gonna love the chicken videos. I can't believe you haven't seen them. It, it must be sandwiched somewhere between your more recent videos and your oldest videos because I'm working my way towards the middle. <laughs> Just oh yeah, you're, sorting yeah. from oldest to newest and newest to oldest. <laughs> but what's <laughs> but what's unfortunate is that I haven't done one of in a, in a while, and I don't know how the larger audience would react to it. But I feel like that means I have to do one because <laughs> I'm not going to get boxed into, you know, doing just normal straight, excuse me, normal straightforward content. But anyway, okay, yeah. And maybe uh, it's just like a, a segment you could throw into the middle of one of these upcoming films and it'd just be like a, a jarring comedic relief <laughs> just like incoming Scotty Chicken. <laughs> You know what? That's, that's, that's almost as good as Snotty Drippin'. That, <laughs> <laughs> that's but 
to the actual idea that you just, that's a great idea. And that's the kind of development I need to kind of, I need to think about. Cause there's a lot of, I, I was thinking about that within these larger things. It's not going to just be one thing all the way through. I can't, that's not what I do. And there's a lot of, you know, segments within segments, but I never thought about resurrecting Scotty chicken. That, that, that's, that's something that's going to happen. And I'm going to credit that to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I can use any amount of exposure. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one, I'm definitely going to promote this episode whenever it comes out in, in two years. <laughs> yeah, when I'm finally done editing it. It's okay. It's evergreen, though. It doesn't matter. <laughs> this is an evergreen podcast. If you, if, um, you probably haven't noticed this, but in my limited number of episodes, I've had two that I haven't, uh, that I've labeled abnormally as side hustles. And in my mind, the side hustle content is what is evergreen. And eventually ah. I want to get to the point to where I'm only making that those sorts of sorts of videos because like news is something that, you know, you can crank out a fresh opinion on pretty quickly. And I think in the beginning quantity is surprisingly more important than quality just to cure, just to like cultivate a culture of a discipline within yourself as a creative person to right. do it often, not so much worry about like, making a bunch of masterpieces you ever you, you know that guy he does there's a podcast called the edge of sports i do not maybe might want to venture into listening to that i don't know maybe take a listen and maybe yeah. you know what never mind don't do it don't do it forget it no it's too close too close to home don't do it don't <laughs> absorb other people's ideas that are too close i feel like even just the kind of the way you, you speak just reminded me of this guy. I mean, it's, it's you know he's been doing it a while. He's very polished and he gets he has really good stories. But mm-hmm. I think you can find that organic. I, you can find all that on your own. You don't need to be in. Yeah, never mind. Forget it. I I appreciate that. That's a yeah. that's very thoughtful advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's this guy that you could learn from. Don't never mind. Forget it. You're not gonna <laughs> learn anything from him that you can't figure out on your own. There you go. Yes. Uh, honestly, it's funny since I've started really trying to make this thing be the thing I do for a living, you know, step incrementally, um, I'll get there, but I don't watch as much basketball YouTube as I used to. I watch very little. I really don't. Mm -hmm. I really don't have a desire to hear what other people think, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) about, (laughs) about stuff basketball i i don't know what it is i don't it's a i i don't even watch that much basketball on tv these days which is really weird i find myself watching a lot of recaps i mean i i consume all of it eventually mm-hmm. but i guess you know i'll watch warriors games i'll watch you know the stuff that's on tnt but i'm not really the live basketball I haven't been uh, rushing to it as much as I used to. I don't know what that is. I feel like there's some part of me that is, be, it's, I'm I'm satisfying a particular part of me through making these basketball videos, that used to be satisfied through actually consuming basketball. I don't know if that's bad, uh, or hurts my credibility, but it's just the truth. It's true. No, I mean, your most of the perspectives that you share are like more historical in nature. So it's not like you're trying to make predictions on, you know, if the Warriors are going to win the finals this year or if you should take the field and, and you're gambling. You know, people aren't financially invested in your opinions or anything like that. So I don't think it hurts your credibility at all. You clearly love basketball. <laughs> clearly, you clearly that's you know, that's the uh, that's the yang to you clearly don't know basketball <laughs> or yin. You clearly love basketball. That's like uh, that's like the ultimate compliment. I like that. I think we I think we've had a breakthrough. <laughs> I'm serious. I think that is. It's like that's the other side of it. Like one day that'll be that'll be the big uh, that that the punchline, right? When I finally cross over and drop, you clearly don't know basketball, and acknowledge that you know people clearly love basketball. <laughs> It'll be a big emotional moment, and everybody will have a release of just emotion. 
It'll be in the last video. Yeah, there you go. That'll be film number 12, and it'll be haphazardly film. thrown together and over the course of like two days because it'll be December 29th, and you're like, oh, God, I set this deadline for myself, and I don't know what to do. I'm just going to go look on Twitter for people who like basketball and people who don't, and then compile them all together and then talk over for five minutes. <laughs> You just described every other basketball channel, basically, is what you just described. There's so much of that. I feel like there's like a a certain tendency within like the sports demographic to like not really question your own beliefs or to or to take yourself way too seriously and be like, all right, I have my facts and I have my opinions. Now I need to get them out there. But like with you, it's not even close to that. It's just like stories overall because this is. Or at least from my perspective, I see it as like this is an entertainment platform, and the most entertaining thing are stories. It's just like how our brains fucking work, you know. It's like you just contrast so much with even a guy like Rusty, who is kind of close to you in, in terms of like not necessarily style, but in substance, right? It's a uh, heavily opinion based and heavily argumentatively based, less uh less reporting, less uh just going off the cuff about whatever the opinion is it's like making a case in that in that instance most of the time he has a point to prove or like he's showing how he arrived at his at his opinion as opposed to merely oh. expressing it you by contrast just show the story and, and it's like that on its own is entertaining i don't and i think we mentioned this earlier i absolutely do not take the idea of it being entertainment as a uh as a negative like that is the highest one of some of the highest praise if you can entertain like entertaining people and whenever i get a chance in the comments or whatever it is one of my the one thing i I really like to express is an appreciation for people's time right if they are actually entertained and watching the stuff that i put together that is that's it right i'm not trying to uh make people better necessarily you know, if they expand their view or learn something, that's great. But uh, I'm, I, it is entertainment. I'm, and that's what I want to do. And uh, it is. It's the story. It's the process that I think um, is entertaining, not just a, a conclusion. Yeah. Right. I mean, like people, people want to be right more than anything else. And like in sports, there usually is a right answer because the question is usually who's going to win and the game is going to be played. <laughs> and so it's there's a, a part of people that gets satisfied by that. But I think the more satisfying part is, like you're saying, the entertainment factor of it all. This The spectacle of everything happening before us. It's just like, wow, look at this seven-foot person jump 40 inches in the air and dunk. This is incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, the fact that your very first video was just everything the almighty slam dunk means to me really demonstrates how much you love basketball and how clear it is. Because if you don't love dunks, then something is wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is. It, 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 and that is actually, it's a three-part. It's a three-part series, the dunk. Where <laughs> There's is two part more two? parts that never came out. <laughs> And I actually wrote, oh, jeez, man, I feel so, that's the one I feel the worst about, because that was the beginning. I never came out with part two. And there's a story, there's a little, anic- or a, yeah, a little anecdote I was telling about an encounter I had in an airport. I started in that story, in that first video, and I just never even finished. I feel so bad about it. It's all about how I met Scottie Pippen in an airport, and that all I wanted to do was thank him for his dunk over Patrick Ewing, but I didn't do it. But... I have set it up in that video and it also it feeds to the bigger channel because then I end up making a whole video about that dunk being the greatest dunk of all time. Uh, but I and then what happens is I get so far away from it that I look back at what I wrote and what I recorded and I I don't feel like it's good enough anymore. So either I have to rewrite it or redo it or just put something out that I don't I don't stand by anymore. And then what happens is I just, nothing happens and I don't do it. Yeah. It's this weird, I should just do it. I should just put out all the little pieces of stuff that's part two for anything. I think the, I think the learning center has a lot of potential for that, for you, you know, just sort of like a, like a second channel for less committed to perfection content. 
you know, because I've noticed a lot of the videos in there. I mean, I don't want to say lazy, but they're a lot more efficiently edited and created. It's it's very clear that like you didn't baby, uh, you know, the Monday video or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's oh, like, right. I'm right. just putting this yeah. out there because I want to put it out there. And so if you have a take or an idea that you feel like has expired or that like your opinion has outright changed on, then maybe just put it out there on like the learning center and talk about the creative process of rejecting this. There you go. Okay, because I was going to ask why. Yeah, because I don't want it to just be like a lot of people's other second channel where they just put their, their rants about basketball. I still want a uh, process aspect to it. Um, so, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, you, you were going there. Okay, continue, please. You're, <laughs> you're cra- helping me craft my second channel. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the Learning Center is definitely a very exciting place, I think, because I... I wholeheartedly believe in sharing the creative process. Like I, I understand the idea of like keeping your secrets close to you and whatnot. So other people can't really copy it, but that only works up to a certain point. You know what I mean? It's like, if you're not sharing it uh, to be eventually evolve and transform over time organically, and you're just point one, then otherwise you're just going to be a drop in the bucket. That is people copying you, except you're you. Absolutely. <laughs> like you're right on the same uh, wavelength, and I, I appreciate that. When I I saw an email or I saw a, a tweet from Mike Corzimba like you know six months ago, and he was like, "Hey, you know, is anybody out there able? You know, he's looking to hire a writer." And I'm thinking that's a great job for somebody, for some young person or somebody who wants to get started. You know, he's got a million subscribers, and it's a legitimate job. He could probably pay somebody a decent amount of money per script. But it's not like that person's going to get on his channel. It's not like they're going to be reading, you know, they're going to be writing for him. Um, and I, I'm, what I'm trying to do, and we said this earlier, I'm building, I'm trying to build a universe. I'm building a world. You know, it's my, the storyteller, uh, you know, uh, not cinematic, opposite of that, <laughs> uh, <laughs> universe. And there's characters in it, right? Anybody who's been on the channel is now in my world. This is the problem I have because I. This is how I write. I write. I write scripts. I think I went over this on the Learning Channel at some point. I write a script, and then I record it, and then when I'm editing it, I think of something else, and I record that and stuff it in there, and then I do it over and over again, and then I have a brand new idea, and I abandon the one I've been editing for three days and start that and do the whole thing over again and i've been doing that for a year and a half with basically every video and it is torturous (laughs) i torture myself but at some point at least i decided to start just not excluding stuff i'd I'd come up with ideas or tangents and i'd say no this doesn't fit in this video at a certain point i said you know what yes it does and that's where all the little side notes and stuff kind of come from is that if i'm if I have an idea, even if it's loosely connected to the current topic, it's worth going in. It's worth putting it in there. If it's entertaining to me, it'll be entertaining to somebody. Oh, yeah. I mean, the side notes are, are where a lot of the meat of uh, the NBA story cha- teller channel really is. Uh, I like here. Here's one question. There was a comment on one of your videos that was like, hey, I can't find this take you had about Kevin Garnett. Oh. And you're like, oh, yeah, I think it's in the Vince Carter video. So do you know where all your takes are hidden? I know you had to go and find a bunch of the side notes for your, your side note compilation that you made when you got that big wave of subscribers coming in. And you're like, ah, I need to entertain them. Yep, so that's exactly what it was. That was that little gimmick, yeah. Uh, when I put that together, I just scrolled through my videos and saw where side notes were. Uh, I, I do not... So in that to to a fault, I I don't remember where a lot of the little subtop subtopics are, and it sucks because there's a full blown Kevin Garnett forty minute video completely produced within all my other videos, <laughs> uh, and when somebody asked about the Kevin Garnett stuff, it, it, the only reason I knew that I think right away was because I had recently revisited it, but no, I. I'm the, it is the exact opposite. I do not know where they end up and I end up searching for them. Cause I like recently I wanted to, I was talking about, I was trying to do something about Le- LeBron James and there's this soundbite of him talking about a roller coaster 
and he just completely makes up a saying. It just slips and, into stealth mode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the anticipation of the roller coaster mode. going back into stealth mode. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't remember where it was. And it turned up in the, like, I think the alternate angle of Michael Jordan's, you know, game-winning shot mm, video. Yep, that's it. It's just like, that's so random how that ended up in that video. And it's a completely independent idea. And I know how I got from one point to the other is because Michael Jordan was being very candid in this interview, which was very, it would just seem very odd. He was being very forthright in this post-game interview. Um, and I, it didn't sound familiar. And I just went on that, that path. But... No, I don't keep track, and it's going to be something that I need to fix long-term. I really do. Because I I, I can definitely uh, milk a few side note videos, you know, a a couple times a year. um, Just just to maintain the the, the views. But I got to keep track of these things somehow. Yeah, I guess you're just going to have to develop like a master Excel sheet where every time you have a tangential idea, you just go and mark the the ultimate timestamp where it where it ends up and in, in what video and you link it the whole nine there, there's a way there there's absolutely excel and, and you know i have uh nearly 20 years of um microsoft excel uh um experience or uh familiarity according to my resume <laughs> that's <laughs> you know i think my my resume might say the same thing <laughs> It, it, you know how it's 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 crazy how that works that out of nowhere you know you put something down you're like oh i'm familiar familiar with you know working knowledge of blah 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 and then it's 15 years later and you're like wow do i really have 15 years of experience with it <laughs> no i don't <laughs> but that's how everything works it's that's how parenting that's you know that's like i've that's how marriage all that stuff works it's just you meet somebody who's been married for 50 years. You're like, wow, that's a lot. No, that shit, it just happened. Shit just happens. It's crazy. The only thing that it's different is just the things that you do within a day. You know, and, and having 12 kids, or maybe not, has really taught me that nobody, you don't really change when you have kids. You just do different things in the day. It's just a list of different things at, at various times. Otherwise, everything is the same. You're the same person. And nothing changes except the stuff. Uh, and that is, I, 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 to kind of bring it back to basketball for a second, I, I like to give, I really like, I want to give basketball players and professional athletes that leeway also, that they are just regular old people who just do different things in the day. Because it's so hard for people who are clearly sensitive, like, you know, Le, uh, Kevin Durant or even like Russell Westbrook. These are people who care what other people think and they respond in particular ways. But because you're a professional athlete, you're supposed to be a certain way about it. You're supposed to be stoic and, and uh, not, let them, not let it get to you. But, you know, you look at the history of basketball, it's the people who took shit personal that usually excelled. You know, you got to bring it all around to Michael Jordan, the pettiest athlete of all time. And... And he took everything to heart. He made stuff up to get him going. But somehow, for some reason, the trope is that you're not supposed to let him let stuff get to you. Don't take it personal. You're supposed to be over it. Everybody's supposed to be over everything, apparently. No. I think we should take stuff. We should examine it and take it personal and be emotional about it. And uh, I think that's uh, the only way to be, to be honest. An honest sports fan. Honest works. I think that's that's like the most positive note we could possibly end it on. <laughs> Hot damn. Nice. All right. Thank you. I appreciate your time, man. No, no, I appreciate your time. Really, really. This is a, this is a lot of fun. So that was the interview with the NBA Storyteller. Be sure to check him out on YouTube and other places. Just search The NBA Storyteller, and he will definitely come up. Uh, He has some great content. If you aren't already familiar with it, um, just need to go ahead and get that shout-out out out there properly. 
If you like today's show, be sure to rate it five stars on iTunes or just share it with your friends or just do anything that you could possibly think of to support the show. Uh, really, I'll take any form of support, even if you want to invade my home and give me a physical pat on the back. I'll take it. Um, just be sure not to make it a habit. Um, be sure to follow me on Twitter at NBA underscore Rudy and join the Bucket Discord server. It's in the description. You can find that link there. Man, this was a uh, this was a doozy. It was a lot of fun. Uh, if you couldn't tell, uh, I I really enjoy the work of Mr. Tommy Yoni, and I appreciate him giving me his time to come on my little program here. And uh, I hope the people who are coming over from his audience stick around. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're on YouTube now. This interview was the first product to go up on the YouTube channel, but there will be more. It won't be just on Sundays. There will be a little bit of extra content thrown in there in the middle of the week, so be sure to subscribe for some good old-fashioned NBA YouTube content, uh, as well as the podcast medium. Really, anywhere that you want to support me, again, I'll take it. So, again, thank you, Mr. M.E.O. Tomioni, for giving me your time. I hope you, the audience, enjoy this episode. Uh, I know there wasn't too much talk about the nitty-gritty details of basketball and the association itself, uh, but I do believe most of you can find some value, uh, rather be entertainment, educational, or otherwise, in the conversation that me and Emio had through these two episodes. Thank you for sticking around through two episodes, uh, if you consumed all 100% of this interview, then thank you very much for your time, I value your time, and I hope that I edited it down into something which was entertaining for you, uh, this conversation went on for much longer than I initially anticipated it, but I won't waste any more of your time, uh, so I will just say thank you, goodbye, and also, um, be sure to look out for the show to be much better. <laughs> I I have a, some pretty good little ideas that I think can really cement a good format for the show. And every Sunday, probably evening, be sure to look out for the new episode. Uh, listen to it on your way to work Monday morning, or on your way back from work, or while you're at work, or later that night, Monday, or late Sunday, or Tuesday, or Wednesday, or subscribe to the YouTube channel. Again, I won't waste any more of your time. There will be more videos in the middle of the week on the YouTube channel, so again, be sure to subscribe. Um, I'm wasting more of your time. It's kind of a bit at this point. Um, I hope this 90 seconds of time wasting was entertaining to you. Thank you and goodbye.